0: Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the Becoming a Gentleman podcast. The intentions of this podcast are to help men to cultivate healthy and loving relationships. We do this by learning to heal from our shame and trauma, discussing healthy masculine virtues, and understanding the fundamentals of healthy and loving relationships. I'm your host, Christopher Linkenbach, and I'm a relationship coach residing in Austin, Texas, and I help men to cultivate healthy and loving relationships. If you'd like to schedule a free consultation, you can click the link in the description down below. This is going to be episode number 12, and today's episode is entitled, Dating for the Modern Man. And before we jump into our discussion today, I'm just going to read a quick quote by one of my absolute favorite human beings, Esther Perel, and Esther shares with us today, Love enjoys knowing everything about you. Desire needs mystery. So with that quotation, I would now like to introduce our guest today, Sheena Sharma. And Sheena and I are um, both in the relationship and dating um, sphere. And we actually met a long time ago and instantly clicked talking about masculine and feminine dynamics and just really hit it off in terms of just our understandings and even um, some of the places where we perhaps even disagree as well. And it's been always just kind of a mutual respect. And so Sheena and I. Um, have a great relationship with each other just in terms of how we've gone about our professional lives. Sheena um, Sheena's actually a dating coach for single millennials. She invented the mindful swiping method and has helped men and women to find love in the digital age for six years. She believes mindfulness is the key to attract what you desire. So Sheena, without further ado, would you you know let us know a little bit about who you are and what you're doing today?
1: Yes, absolutely. Thank you for having me on. You have such a podcast voice. It's, it's great. I've cultivated um, it. Thank yeah. you. <laughs> <laughs> Got to do your exercises. Yeah. Um, yes. So I have been a dating coach for single men and women for uh, approximately six years. Prior to that, I was a, a dating journalist up in New York City. Um, and this was at a time during which dating apps were just exploding. The internet was exploding. Um, and so to be a part of Of an age where dating was changing so rapidly, um, in many ways, I think was a blessing for me because it's really informed the way that I work. And so, um, working with men and women, I use spiritual modalities like yoga, meditation, mindfulness, and breath work as well. And I did coin or trademark my little. dating app swiping method is the mindful swiping method um but you know technology is a huge part of our lives and so um a lot of the work that i do with men and women as well is helping them to create healthy boundaries with their phones and with dating apps because to pretend like they're not a big part of our lives would just be uh obsolete
0: yeah how would so how would you recommend a man today navigating the world of using dating apps and using their phone right
1: yeah that's a great question. You know, a lot of the men that I I work with or that come to me, um, I find, have issues being heart-centered in general. Um, Many times they don't exactly know what they are looking for, and there's a a really practical exercise that I help men and women um, create or manifest for themselves, which is called a partner quality list, right? Simply writing down what it is that you're looking for in a partner. But one of the reasons that exercise is so helpful is because typically as humans, we consciously or subconsciously attract what we are ourselves. And so many times when these men are putting these lists together, um, they realize that a lot of those qualities they put on there are what they embody themselves. And so with these men in general, um, it's not necessarily about finding the right person, right? It's about becoming the right person and really helping them gain a deeper, better awareness of who they are first so that they can attract someone who is aligned.
0: Yeah, and I like what you say there as well, that working on your internal state of being is what will give you the results that you're looking for in the external world. And we tend to get that backwards a lot, right? Yes. Yes. And so in today's world, something that you and I both have recognized, and I'm just curious from your perspective, um, as a dating coach and even as a woman who's out there, you know, in the dating world as well, um, what have you noticed about men today? What do you think is going on in terms of just women not being able to find quote unquote the real men out there? What yeah, will you speak on that?
1: Yeah, oh my gosh. All my if I could get all of my single girlfriends in a room, that's what they would say, all of them collectively. Um the thing is and there definitely are real men out there. Um you know, I think collectively men as, as a gender, um, are definitely feeling uncertain of themselves as a gender, right? So how is their gender role supposed to show up in modern society? Um, so the words that come to mind are they're definitely feeling uncertain, unsure of themselves. They're also feeling a little fearful. They're generally scared to show up as masculine men. Um, because again, you know, So socially, culturally, politically, socio-politically, in the past decade or so, certain things have happened in culture like the Me Too movement, um, which have also been great for for sexual health, sexual awareness and women's domestic violence awareness. But they've also kind of dampened the way that men show up in healthy masculinity. And so what this has created is just a general fear, um, uncertainty and really frustration as well. Um, for men. They're not really sure how they should show up in day-to-day life. So for example, going to a coffee shop, if they see someone that they might be interested in, they kind of go through this internal conflict or dialogue in their head that's like, should I approach her? Should I not approach her? Should I even look at her? Am I allowed to do that? And so these are just some of the things that I find that are running through my clients' heads.
0: Mm -hmm. And I think that that's kind of beautifully sort of just described uh, where I was as well in terms of not knowing what it means to be a real man, right? And I don't even think that that in itself like has an actual definition, but I think the fact that we do not, what you're saying is we have uncertainty in our culture. And if we come back into masculine and feminine dynamics, which by the way, do not mean man and woman, they're energy patterns that exist inside of us. Being uncertain is very feminine trait, like not knowing which direction to go, um, you know, being hesitant, that is a feminine quality. And so what essentially is happening in those moments is, men are not able to access that direct purpose driven sort of modality of themselves. And it's interesting today that we as men do go through that hesitancy when we see a woman out in public, like obviously there's going to be, you know, some fear of approaching, there's going to be fear of rejection and that's always existed that, you know, that's not a new phenomena, but there is a lot less of a potential for that man to actually take action on those feelings today. I feel like that that, can be attributed to several things. A, obviously, like you mentioned, the disconnect from our masculinity, right? In tossing out um, and really working on our patriarchal systems and working on even quote unquote um, toxic masculinity, which I would term wounded masculinity, we've thrown you know the baby out with the bathwater. We've said that all of masculinity is harmful in some way, and maybe we haven't said that, but we've definitely sort of embraced that idea, right? Yes. We've over feminized our boys and. Our men do not have that masculine trait anymore, but I think that this also is kind of just to show that um, there, one of the biggest things that I think is lacking in our society is healthy role models for men to follow and to be a part of. And I don't think that there necessarily is a certain ideal of what a man should be, but I do think there are certain traits that not only women find attractive in men, but are helpful in a man bettering his life. So for instance, like integrity with himself, right? Like being able to be who he truly is in any moment. Not only is that going to help him by not getting him mixed up in lies and running around and, you know, and scandals here and there, but it's actually going to come off as being more confident and being more secure in who he is when he's actually able to be integral with who he is. And so I'm actually just kind of curious about, you know, what do you think that, um, some of these men out there who are indecisive and who are um, maybe afraid to go up and start talking to women or who feel almost even lost that they're a boy living inside of this man's body. How, what kind of voice do you think you know, they, they need right now?
1: Yeah. You know, I, th- I think you know, for many men who maybe didn't have a secure bond with their parents growing up, right, or a stable father figure, and we see that so commonly, right? That The past generation, men were really taught to just work. And so their fathers were working all the time and maybe not giving their sons the um, emotional and physical presence that they really needed. And so because of that, or there could be a mother wound as well, one or the other, they grow up, you know, not really having their voice. And on top of that, to add everything you explained about the cultural phenomenons that have led to this, this lack of masculinity. And so it takes sort of rebuilding that masculinity up. And the good news is the skill isn't lost, Right. You can gain it back. It is a use it or lose it skill. It's like learning a language. Masculinity and femininity, just because you don't embody them now doesn't mean you can never embody them. So it's learning to put specific practices in place um, to help get your body used to acting out of that place inside of you. Um, And as you you said, Christopher, I think decisiveness is, I would say that's probably the number one thing that men could really benefit from embodying and that women really value in men as well. You know, just just sort of flipping the other side of the coin, it's women who are living so heavily in their masculine today, right? Who are working all the time as well, possibly even working more than some of the men that they know, making a lot of money. Again, possibly making more money than some of the men that they know. It doesn't feel natural to them. They're making decisions all day. And so the last thing a woman wants to do when she comes home or goes on a date or takes her shoes off and lies down on the couch is like, make these decisions. She just wants to be feminine and she wants to feel soft and passive, right? And so if she can be with a man that is going to make firm decisions and take action, right? And not be flighty and be grounded and be heart-centered rather than more ego-centered, all of those things are going to create that healthy polarity in a relationship and make him much more attractive.
0: Mm -hmm. So what would you tell to a man who maybe is out of touch with his masculine nature? What are some ways he can start cultivating that a little bit?
1: Yeah, you know, um, number one, and I know you lead men's groups, but number one thing, like surrounding yourself with other great men. Mm -hmm. Community is everything, right? And so if you're not surrounding yourself with other men who are either already in their healthy masculinity or who are looking to grow there, you're just not going to be able to grow there, right? Our friends push us. And if they're not pushing us, they're bringing us down. So you have to be able to be surrounding yourself with those types of people who are also looking to attain a certain level of masculinity. Um, Number two, it's also a matter of certain practices in place. So if going up to someone at the coffee shop, you know, just cold approaching seems like too much and it can definitely feel very intimidating. One thing that you can do and that I recommend to men is to do mirror work stand in front of a mirror, put on an outfit that you truly feel confident in. Like, it's not just about what you're saying and how you say it. It's about how you're showing up in general. So all of that includes external appearance as well, right? That's the first thing the woman is seeing about you. And if she doesn't like it, it doesn't matter how great you are on the inside. She might not necessarily get there in the first place. So put something on that's gonna make you feel like manly man, like you're ready to take on the day. Stand in front of a mirror and um, begin to say out loud some of the things that you feel like you want to say but that you don't necessarily get to say on a daily basis, right? Um, Opening up the throat chakra. I could talk on a a whole other podcast just about uh, healing the throat chakra. But standing in front of a mirror and saying those things and observing your body language. Mm -hmm. What do you look like when you're saying that? Are you taking deep breaths? Are you stuttering? Are you nervous? Where are your eyes? Are you making eye contact with her? So little things like that, just doing it at home is going to increase your confidence so much when you actually go out there in the real world and practice on a real woman.
0: Mm -hmm. And something that you mentioned that I think is so important that we recognize, and this is one of the subjects that I feel so important that we understand in today's culture, which is that. We as men have been taught that vulnerability is some form of a weakness, but when we're going up and we are cold approaching a woman or we are letting a woman know that we find them attractive, like in that moment, that is being vulnerable. That is requiring vulnerability because vulnerability is the, it is revealing the self, right? So vulnerability in that moment, as Mark Manson discusses in his book, Models, is the ability to say what is on your mind and the intention behind what is going on. Yeah. Um, especially when it comes to cold approach, being able to go up and look a girl directly in the eyes and put yourself out there, that is being vulnerable. And that, yeah. to me, is not a form of weakness, but is actually a sign of an extremely confident and courageous individual.
1: Absolutely, right? yeah, you know, a lot of men get in that that mode of approach anxiety, right? Or they're afraid that she'll reject them. Um, you know, when I think about all of the times that I've been approached in real life, it's, it's that level of attractiveness to the man to have to come up to you and to even say something, that's attractive in and of itself, mm-hmm. you know, because women understand as well what it takes to go, be able to go up to someone and say something when you don't even know them. You might not even have people that you know in common. Maybe the environment is not conducive for that type of approaching. And so we get it. Like, we empathize. And so when you do come up to us and say something – Um, just understand that we take it with with some salt and we'll give you some grace. And Mm -hmm. so that might take some pressure off as well of you you know, fondling with this idea of, should I go up and approach her? Because the very fact that you are approaching is attractive.
0: Mm -hmm. So what I've heard from you so far to kind of just sum it up is that, A, a lot of men don't know what they want in the first place, Mm -hmm. right? Let's even just dissect in on that a little bit. What do you notice? Do you think that men kind of have like these fantasy ideas? Do you think that they just are afraid to actually look at and enjoy what they want? What do you think that blockage is or what do you, what do you think is going on in that phenomena?
1: That's a great question. I think for many times, it's that they simply haven't given themselves the time to sit with themselves and discover what it is that they want. Um, again, we live in this culture that is very just hustle oriented. And, you know, where you have the women working just as much as the men, you know, the men are many single men that I meet are really just work focused, right? Or they believe that their role is to work a lot, make a ton of money. um, Maybe then only then think about starting a family, right? Only when they're able to provide for themselves and a little bit more, then it's acceptable to think about, dating or starting a family or whatever. So, a lot of men that I work with are they're interesting in that they their brains kind of, you know, think in that very methodical way, mm-hmm. which in many ways is going to set them up for failure because you're only living in a certain area of your life and you're not watering this this other area of your life that's equally as important, right? Relationships mm-hmm. and and business that are work go hand in hand. Yep. And so, if they're only living in their masculine, they're neglecting that emotional self. They're mm-hmm. neglecting the vulnerability, and it's only going to be suppressed and stored in the body. So, many times when I see male clients, it's fascinating actually, um, and we do meditation or I'll lead them through some sort of guided meditation where I ask them to visualize in five years what does your love life look like? Picture it and be specific. Um, there's a huge emotional release. You know, many times they're more emotional than the women are when they come in for the same type of work, and that's not surprising to me because men feel like they can't think about those things. So it's really most of the time it's a matter of being conscious of the fact that that's an area in their life that deserves attention.
0: Mm -hmm. And I think that's something that is so fascinating about our occupation of being a relationship, being a dating coach, is that people think they are coming to us to get. A relationship, which is obviously what the objective is, but there's also this side that we see, which is that there is some work to be done internally first, right? Where do you think that a lot of the internal work can be done today? What are you seeing some common patterns of in terms of, you know, what men are needing to work on in their own psyches before they are ready to jump into a relationship?
1: Hmm. Yeah. Um, I would say, you know, kind of connecting to the heart center on a regular basis, um, every single day, if you can, because we live in a world that, you know, especially now it's so different, even from what 10 years ago, you know, I'm 31, I'm a millennial. And I think the the amount that our world has changed over the past 15 years, it has just exponentially changed that it's such an exponential rate. Um, The way that we're living now is not the same way that we were living 15 years ago. And you couldn't say that in the 1990s about the 1980s. You just couldn't. Everything is so digitized now. And so every single time you pick up your phone or look at your computer or doing something for work, you're pulling yourself away from your heart center and you're connecting to the ego. Right. Um, And so for men, you really should be connecting to your heart every single day. Um, And that's through meditation, it's through sitting with yourself, um, ideally in the morning. Uh, but you know, sometimes, for example, I don't get to do it in the morning, so I'll take what I call a little yogi nap or meditation nap. And the great part is, you can kind of nap or lay down while you're doing it. But in the middle of the day, just lying down on a flat surface, putting on a little 20-minute or 30-minute guided meditation, and taking some deep breaths and observing what's going on inside your body. Do you feel stress? Do you feel fear? And when you can recognize those emotions, try to go a little deeper and ask yourself, why am I feeling those things? And once we can get to the root of those questions, we can really get to understand those bigger dating and relationship questions, which are, why am I feeling stressed, right? Or why am I feeling sadness? Because I don't feel connected. How would I feel if I Mm. were connected? Maybe by having a partner or by having a community, right? So doing that internal work is the number one step to gaining that intimate relationship.
0: Yeah, and that brings up one of my absolute favorite quotes, which is that you need to stop looking for a soulmate and start looking for your soulmate, right? So Mm. what you're saying right now is finding that internal sense of happiness in your own life, right? Like creating and cultivating a lifestyle that you enjoy that somebody could then become a compliment to, right? Mm -hmm. And that, to me, is so essential because if you do not have joy and happiness established, obviously we're riding our emotional waves through our life, but if you do not have a lifestyle that you've cultivated that you really do enjoy, you will be depending on that relationship as your sense of joy. And in doing so, you're just extracting from the relationship. You're not able to give into that relationship, right? So what is so important is that we cultivate a lifestyle that we enjoy. We're going out, we're with our friends, we're having fun. And then all of a sudden, not only will that help the relationship in the future, but that'll make you more attractive as an individual, mm-hmm. right? If you're in that fun and that playful state, like all of a sudden that energy is so much more attractive than somebody who's just not feeling themselves, right? Exactly. Yes. You
1: know. One of my um, my best friends and my former business coach, Louis Brandmeier, he has a, a quote um, and it's, I'm going to misquote him, but it's something like we, we seek relationships or we should seek relationships, ideally, not from a place of wanting to receive, but wanting to give, right? When our lives are so full already, when we're so proud of the life that we're living, that's when we'll find the ideal relationship for us. We should feel like this overflowing fountain and feel like we're finally ready at a place in our lives where we can give and share love with someone else. We don't want to come from a place of lack. We don't want to take love, you know? We don't want to come from a place of, well, my life is so crappy that I need a great relationship to make it much better. So it's not about taking. It's about give and take.
0: Hmm. How do you feel about dating apps?
1: <laughs> uh, you know, I, I like everyone, I have really mixed feelings on them. Um, but I do have a, a, a pretty firm stance on them, which is, most people don't like them because they misuse them. Like anything else in life, they are simply a tool to help us get what we want. And if you're misusing this tool or abusing this tool or have an addictive personality, you are going to feel more frustrated and more burnt out from them than you do feeling joy or feeling connection, connection with people. Mm-hmm.
0: Do you think that in some way dating apps are designed to keep you stuck in the dating app, or do you think that they do truly have an intention of helping?
1: Absolutely, you know, they're it's smart business. They all want to keep you on there for as long as possible. And to add to that, they are more in the favor of women than they are for men. You know, women get tons of more matches than the average man does, um, unless you're in, you know, the, the quote-unquote top five percent of you know eligible men mm-hmm. in the dating pool. Um, but even then, you know, the arts are are in favor of women. And so when you think about these things, it's really easy to say, well, I'm just not going to use them. Mm-hmm. Um, but I did develop, you know, and it's really simple, this little method called what I call the mindful swiping method. And what I tell clients, you know, especially for people who work a lot or maybe their jobs require them to travel or maybe they want to travel because they want to have flexible lives or maybe they're a little bit shy and approaching is a little intimidating right now, right? There's so many different reasons that dating apps can be convenient, but the mindful swiping method dictates that you should not use a dating app for more than 10 minutes a day. And the reason that people get into trouble on them is because they have no boundaries with them and they use them mindlessly rather than mindfully. So when you're using them five to 10 minutes a day, you're increasing the number of high quality matches you're going to get because you're coming from a place of mindfulness and uh, intention, right? You only have a short window to use them. So you're going to use those few minutes really, really well versus not having any boundary with the phone and coming from this place of, Oh, here we go again and picking it up a bunch of times every single day. Hmm. So, um, it's a little more involved than that, but that's the idea is to really create a healthy relationship with the phone so that you're not going in with this preconceived notion of, I hate the app. Because Mm -hmm. when you go in with that mindset, you're gonna get out what you put in, right? You're not gonna get an aligned match.
0: Do you think that in some ways, men hide from talking to women by just staying on dating apps and online dating services?
1: I do, and I think that is one of the many ways that um, men, men in specific, misuse the app. you know they're not there to use as a replacement for in real life connection. They are used. They are. They should be used as a supplement for in real life connection, right? Mm-hmm. And I, what I tell people is like, think about living a healthy lifestyle. Let's say you want to kickstart your your health journey, you wouldn't eat chocolate cake all day and then just pop some supplements, right? That doesn't make sense. You would eat clean food and then you would also eat vitamins and minerals. You have to apply the same philosophy to dating. If you want to date well and meet high quality people, you can't just shut yourself out from the real world and only use the phone, Mm -hmm. right? You have to have a full life filled with meeting new people, having a community, having like-minded friends, meeting friends of friends, having interests and hobbies that you could meet people at those potential places. And then you use the phone as a sort of plan B. Those are your vitamins and Mm -hmm. your supplements, right? Mm -hmm. So you're not replacing one for the other. And Studies actually show that men and women, but definitely men, when they use the phone as a replacement for in real life interaction, um, their social skills are actually greatly hindered. So there is a huge misuse of them and it's just a matter of balancing the both of them. Mm -hmm.
0: I noticed it in my own life, my own journey, when I was overusing dating apps, I was not going out and talking to women in public and it did take a commitment for me to literally just go through and just delete those apps. and. Mm -hmm in my own life, I just knew that I wanted to have the ability to just go up and not only talk to women, but be able to just talk to anybody I wanted to, like just wanted to meet, right? But I do agree that they are a tool. And especially for like a busy professional as well, who's not able Mm -hmm. to maybe go out all the time, right? Somebody who is able to just check their phone once a day and kind of look through and see if there's anybody out there for them, right? And it's just uh, the way that I like to look at dating relationships, especially with my more masculine oriented clients is um, like sales. So it's just another form of lead generation, right? Like you're just able to see more people from that. And yeah. so that's kind of how dating is at the end of the day, is it really is a numbers game, right? Yeah. You're not going to go out on the first day you meet with somebody and all of a sudden, boom, wham, bam, shbam, that's the one. And and if you do, great, but it's more than likely that you're going to go on a couple dates with a couple people and kind of get a feel for what you like and really start just understanding who and what and where you see yourself going in terms of dating relationships. And then What I've noticed is while you're in there and just having fun and not looking for anything extremely serious, um, that is when something will kind of like come when you're having fun, when you're doing the work, right. Then all of a sudden you're ready for that relationship to come. And I think one thing that we as men do is we tend to hide behind this sort of fantasy of thinking like, well, when that one woman walks in, then I'll know what to do. Then I'll know what to say. Then I'll go up and talk to her. Right. But then like that beautiful woman does walk in and because you haven't been cultivating those skills, you're not able to talk to her and maybe you somehow, you know, you meet her in an event, you get her number and you get her out on a date. Well, if you haven't been dating with other women, you're not gonna understand like the courtship process. And like, maybe you run out of things to say in a conversation, right? So it's, it's really recognizing that like dating is a skill that mm-hmm. is, it's the constant repetition of that. Yes, right?
1: absolutely. Yeah, the dating apps can be great practice. You know, I, I throw my clients on there and I'm like, hey, you know, I know you're not ready. You say you're not ready for a relationship. It doesn't matter. You're not going into each of these dates thinking I want a serious relationship and all of these people are potential candidates. No, go on these dates, practice talking to women, practice observing what you like and what you don't like. And then every time you come back after a date, you can sort of requine, refine your partner quality mm-hmm. lists, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, maybe these things that I thought were really important to me aren't necessarily important to me or vice versa.
0: So, one question that I get all the time and this to me, like I live in this world, so I constantly catch myself having to explain this, and articulate this, and I'm learning how to teach this better. But how would you go about just talking about like, what is masculine energy and what is feminine energy?
1: Mm. Masculine energy to me means, um, one of the first things, the words that comes to mind, I think is, is protector. Um, which again, I think many men feel like they can't step into that role. Um, because women have a lot of work to do as well, but they feel as though women don't give them the space to be protector. Um, But definitely protector, I would say uh, grounded. And by grounded, I mean um, decisive, you know, really doesn't suffer from like what we call Peter Pan syndrome, right? Um, Grounded in that he knows who he is and what he wants. Um, I would also say... Grounded, um, protector and heart-centered. Heart centered um comes to mind as well. You know, I think of toxic masculinity. When I think of toxic masculinity or wounded masculinity, mm-hmm. um, I just think of ego, right? That man is, is heavily in his ego or he's acting or has patterns or habits that are stemming from a place of ego. I should be doing this, or I saw someone in a movie, or like you know, I should, that, that was doing this. So I should be doing this too. Right. Um, but that to me is not necessarily healthy masculinity. And actually this, this is kind of relevant, I guess, but one example that comes to mind is that this huge cultural phenomenon of Will Smith slapping Chris Rock at the Oscars. Right. And it threw everyone into a huge frenzy. Um, you know, people are so divided on it. People didn't really know how to react. Some people are saying that was toxic. Other people were saying, no, he protected his wife. Um, and I think that that cultural instance is, is a great example of how divided we are as a society. Mm-hmm. Like people don't really know what a healthy man should do in that situation. Um, but yeah, I would say that the three that come to mind are protector, heart-centered and and grounded slash decisive slash not a Peter Pan.
0: Mm. And then how would you describe, like, what is feminine energy?
1: Feminine to me is soft. Um, feminine is nurturing. She is a, she's a caretaker, you know. Not to say a lot of women don't want to be mothers, and that's totally fine. And we're living in a day and age where women can make that decision now. Um, but I think, you know, biologically and physiologically, there is a need within all of us as women to want to caretake. Like, that is just feminine. That's being in your divine feminine. Um, soft, nurturing, I would also say, um, you know, playful, playful. We, we want to be able to kind of go back and forth and not know what to choose for dinner and, and let the man decide. Like, that, that's feminine as well, you know? Um, so those are the three that come to mind for me.
0: What do you think... Are some of the qualities that some of your most successful clients embody?
1: Most successful, um, definitely grounded. They've done the work to ground. They've mm-hmm. done the work to understand. Let's,
0: let's dive into that. What? Yeah. Let's dive into grounded. Okay. What do you mean more specifically by that?
1: Um, so when I think about, you know, the work that I do with my clients, one of the first things we do is we approach their attachment style. Mm-hmm. So there are essentially three different attachment styles in dating, anxious, avoidance, secure, and then kind of subcategories that stem from there. And, uh, We all fall into one of those. So I ask the the guy, what is your attachment style? Or let's figure out what your attachment style is. And we do that by looking at what kind of woman he typically attracts. Mm -hmm. And then after we nail down the attachment style, we dive deeper into what childhood wound or wounds that is linked to. right? Because that's, that's where everything comes from. That's paramount in understanding why a man is the way he is. And so once we understand the family wound and we understand why it's showing up in the relationships that he has, we can help work through it, possibly dissolve it so that he can up-level or mm-hmm. move on to this, this this higher state of consciousness of being and then be able to choose and attract someone from there.
0: Mm-hmm. I think that's pretty amazing. Something that I've recognized, which goes hand-in-hand hand to what you're saying around in terms of being grounded is a state of presence, right? Mm-hmm. And I think that something that I've recognized, and it's really easy to recognize, is whenever you're in a room of people and there's kind of that one individual who's sort of the center of attention or almost just has like a gravity about them where mm-hmm. they're just kind of like the natural leader of the room in a way, that individual is the most present individual at that time, right? That individual is the one who is sunk in deepest, like, at the deepest levels of himself. And that is like where the attention kind of flows to. So what I've noticed that is that in theory, if a man is very present, he's also at the same time, very attractive to, in, to a woman or to the feminine. And the reason that this is, is if we look at what the masculine, and the feminine provide each other, well, what the feminine does desire from the man is a sense of security. Well, the feminine desires from the masculine is that sense of security and that yeah. sense of security is exuded in presence, right? Yes. That sense of security is also exuded in being able to be humorous and have fun, right? Mm-hmm. Like being playful in the moment shows that everything is okay and everything is calm and that this is a moment of composure, right? Um, and vice versa, what men or the masculine seeks from the feminine is a sense of joy, right? Mm-hmm. That is, you know, a sense of joy. That is where I, an avenue of love and an opportunity to reconnect and to our bodies does come from so um to just kind of recognize those two but i think that what you're saying makes total sense in terms of like just like a man being grounded but i love that you're talking about first of all a attachment styles, and then going deeper into recognizing like that there are these fundamental wounds that we all deal with because that's something that we aren't taught about in the realm of dating relationships right first of all we're not taught how to cultivate healthy loving relationships there's no like school or framework that we all go to for that. And at the same time, we all carry this very deep seated trauma inside of us that comes up in relationships. Like when we play in the realms of the heart, we're playing with these super deep wounds, Mm -hmm. um, in my own life, even in terms of like just like codependency, right. And like following those traumas down, where did those come from? How, how does that develop in my own lifestyle? And Um, Oh, here comes shame, you know, my good old friend, and I'm feeling insecure, like, what is this, right? So not only do we have an opportunity to take a look at these through through the relationships, but relationships also become a modality to heal as well, because I've noticed that in my life, I can be single, I can be confident, I can be composed, I can feel like the king of the world, and then I get into a relationship, and all of a sudden, all these insecurities that I didn't even know I had come up, fear of abandonment, fear of intimacy, fear of you know, what, just losing love and it's an amazing practice of self-development and spirituality to be able to sit in a relationship because then you can see, you know, these childhood wounds that come up and Mm -hmm. you get to work with them, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I love that you said that because I I think it's important to note, and there is a fine line, but as important as self-growth is, and it is, and to be able to do it on your own and, and, you know, personally develop. There's like, there, there kind of is a limit. There's only so far you can go until you introduce an intimate relationship into your life because you're not going to be triggered when you're on your own in the same way until you've invited someone else into your world. Mm-hmm. And once you are triggered in that way, then the, the really real work begins, right? Mm-hmm. It's, it's almost like you're putting everything you've learned to the test. Mm-hmm. And that's where you're really going to, going to see if the relationship is, you know, make or break.
0: Yeah, one thing that I did in my own life was back in my collegiate years, I was a little bit of what may be known as um, just an unhealthy masculine individual, and at the time, it was more difficult for me to be in, or it was more difficult for me to be single than it was to be in a relationship. I was constantly craving a relationship as a way of escaping, as a way of kind of like diving into um or coping with a bunch of my issues. And so it was easier for me to be in a toxic relationship than it was to be single at the time because I was afraid of being alone, right? And that is how I knew that that was where my growth was, was when it was more uncomfortable to be single than it was to be in a relationship. And so then I worked with that, I cultivated that. You know, I was single for a couple of years and then from that place of singleness, all of a sudden it became so easy to be single. It was, it had flipped. It became more difficult than to be in a relationship than Mm -hmm. it was to be single and then that's how I knew that's where my growth is right time to go back into a relationship
1: yeah and like you said earlier you know when you finally feel like you're at a place where you're truly happy with being single that's when you find that you know that relationship that that relationship of your dreams
0: absolutely so if you have any last things to say to any of the men out there who are looking for the relationship of their dreams do you have any you know final thoughts and ruminations on that
1: You know, I would just say that, um, I would say that I I always say something to this effect, but it's like, can't we all just get along, you know? But I think, and I know you and I talked about this and we're kind of putting an event together that centers on this, but there's just a lot of um, misunderstanding between the sexes currently and men need to understand where women are coming from. Which, for the most part, it's a lot of it is just linked to economics and and the current structure of society um, as to why women act the way they do. And some of the same can be said about men. Um, But to the men, I would say, you know, understand where women are coming from. But and to the women, I would say, try to understand where the men are coming from, too. Um, I would also say to the men that, you know, things are changing, and that, but that being said, as a culture, if we want to change men as a culture, it starts with the individual, right? And so think about yourself as setting the example. You know, it's really easy to go to a coffee shop or wherever you're going and see someone that you're interested in and think, gosh, I really want to go up to that person, but I can't. Because society or structures or systems says that, say that I can't, right? What's more difficult, but what will ultimately change your life and the world that we live in is to be the example by leading by example and doing that thing, right? The thing that you can't do is the thing that you must do. Go up to that person and you'll find that if you do that, you're going to create this ripple effect. Maybe one or two other men at the coffee shop see what you do and inspires them to act masculine and active and make those decisions one day in the following week. So in short, do do the things that you're afraid to do Because they're not only going to make your life more fulfilling, but they're going to change our dating society as a whole, slowly and surely.
0: So where can we find you?
1: You can find me on Instagram at thatdatingcoach. Really easy to find me. All of my handles are the same. My website is thatdatingcoach.com. You can find out more about the work that I do on there. Um, And just book a consult with me through my Instagram as well.
0: Yes, and that link will also be down in the description below. Make sure you shout her out. Sheena, thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank
1: you for having me. This was lovely.
0: Absolutely. Thank you all for tuning in. And we'll catch you all next time. See you.